Hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Way of the Leader. What are the foods that you need to be eating, or rather avoiding, in order to make sure that you're at your best cognitively, making sure that you're happy, healthy, productive? So this isn't a conversation about nutrition and needs. So if you need to, go and speak to a doctor. Go and talk to someone who actually knows more about your body than you do. You know, do some tests, some assessments. Don't just listen to some Yahoo on YouTube. Having said that, put that all out the way. Here's what I've found to be the most beneficial. If you think about your food from a position of, is my gut or is my health unstable? And getting it to a place where you feel stable is the most beneficial thing that you can do. So if you're eating tons of McDonald's, KFC, et cetera, you know, what you're going to find is that just moving that over to something that's a little bit more healthy major things are going to happen. So why is that? Why is it that we've got all this processed food and it impacts our brain and our performance so much? Well, it's got to do with this idea that our bodies are naturally primed to process um, foods that come from natural sources. So the more processed the food is, the better it is to create inflammation in our body, unfortunately. And so it's worse for us. Whereas something that's less processed is going to be naturally better. So if you can recognize it, it's a good rule of thumb. If you can recognize what that thing was, congratulations, you're probably eating the right food. Whereas, you know, if you have to think for a while, like, whoa, how many processes has this been through? How many machines did it have to go through to end up like this? Or how much cooking has this thing been exposed to in order to wind up, wind up on my plate to look like this? Well, that's a different story altogether. So the best thing for you to go from unstable to stable is to make sure that you're cutting out as many processed foods as possible. So what does that mean? Well, that means that your chances are you're going to be eating vegetables and regular meats. Okay. It's just that simple. Making sure that you're getting your macronutrient profile, your micronutrient profile. Remember, if you're deficient in anything, you need to make sure that you're testing first and foremost. If you're deficient in anything, you know, just a, a regular diet plan is maybe not going to be the best thing for you. Maybe you're sensitive to eggs. Maybe you're sensitive to, let's say, dairy, something like that. You know, you need to make sure that you know what your sensitivities are and what your preferences are. So once again, don't just listen to me or some other Yahoo on the internet telling you what to eat, but you can make a safe bet that moving from very processed foods to less processed or even hopefully no processing is going to help you out quite a lot. Ooh, there's nice thunder around here. That's awesome. Great. So in saying that as well, remember that the quality of your food matters too. So let's say if you're going for meat, the biggest argument uh, you know, that comes from, let's say, the vegan communities is that, oh, meat is bad, meat causes cancer, etc. This argument does have its merits, absolutely. But if you look at those studies, those people weren't looking at what was the quality of the meat. And it, just like the quality of any food comes up, you know, when you're eating poor quality ingredients, you're actually going to get a poor quality effect. So the higher the quality, the better it is for you. So making sure that you, the quality of your ingredients, especially if you can afford it, you know, moving your vegetables from a generic, let's say, whatever vegetable that you're buying to something that's a little bit higher quality, maybe something that's more organic or you've locally sourced it and you know that they're not using pesticides on their foods, things like that. That type of thing, it's always a good movement. You know, take some pride in your food and start experimenting and see like, oh, can I actually taste the different flavors? You know, have you ever grown your own vegetables? tastes very different, tastes very different. And you might actually find that you start noticing the lack of taste in foods from other areas. 
So those are all to help you get from unstable food environments or foods to a more stable place. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because there are so many brain experts out there that claim that, oh, blueberries is a superfood or avocado is a superfood for you. What a load of nonsense. The idea that a food is a superfood doesn't take into account your personal preferences or your personal micronutrient, macronutrient balances, you know, any kind of like upstream or downstream things that are going on in your mind that allows you to actually even digest that food. You know, what I mean is hormone balances in your body. So a good example of this is that there are certain vitamins that cannot that cannot be processed unless there is the presence of another vitamin or in the presence of another vitamin, it actually becomes a poison. So there's all kinds of relationships like this that just saying, oh, eat this food, that's going to be better for you. That's not the case, unfortunately. So just by eating more avocados, yes, we're getting healthy fats and healthy fats are very beneficial for the brain, but that's assuming that you're not getting healthy fats already. So what, adding avocados into a Kentucky Fried Chicken diet is somehow going to be a magical Band-Aid? No, absolutely not. But let's say that you start eating more cultivated foods, you know, whole foods, natural foods, you're going to notice a change. And if you are not eating saturated fats, or sorry, not saturated fats, but just any healthy fats, let's just say, and then you, you start eating foods with healthy fats like nuts and avocados, you will notice a difference. Absolutely. But if you're already a person who's eating healthy, then magically introducing avocados and blueberries into your diet is not going to make you superhuman. We're not going to level up your IQ. We're just removing obstacles out the way. So once again, the idea is remove the obstacles out of the way. Go from unstable to stable. And you will see the biggest gain. But going from stable to high performing, that takes a lot more dialing in. And that for that kind of thing, you do need to get uh, gut biome tests done. You know, you need to see your reaction to certain foods and your blood glucose levels. You need to be able to test, uh, you know, your hormone profiles. All kinds of blood tests are needed as well. So if you're interested in that, contact me because I actually have friends who do this. So that'll be quite interesting. But <clears throat> regardless... There are foods that you can avoid that will push you back to unstable. So I'll say that again, especially for cognitive performance, there are specific foods to avoid. And I'll give you four. I'll tell you what, I'll give you five. Uh, no, four. Yes, sorry, I was going to say three. Yes, there are four foods that I recommend that my clients have seen a great and drastic change in by avoiding these foods. They're able to actually make sure that they're more productive. So of course, what is the first one? Well, the first one is very easy. It's alcohol. Everybody knows this. When you drink too much, you black out. Why? Alcohol has an effect on the brain where it stops the hippocampus from converting short-term memories into long-term memories. Now, if you think about it as a dose relationship response, you will get eventually to a point where that alcohol blacks you out completely. But just a little bit of alcohol is already starting that process. And we need to get to a tipping point within how much alcohol to have that kind of effect. So the poison is always in the dose. Absolutely. I agree with that. However, in saying that, I still recommend that people stay away from alcohol. There aren't any studies that show any alcohol is beneficial to you whatsoever. There might be some circumstances where it helps thin the blood, let's say, for people with super thick blood. But I would say that, you know, uh, changing your diet from processed to unprocessed foods, natural whole foods would have a simultaneous effect anyway. But once again, don't trust some Yahoo on the internet. Go and listen to your doctor. Go and get tests done.
So alcohol is the first one. The second one is kind of like a very big blanket statement, but it's sugars. Stay away from sugars. And you'll notice that with regard to sugars, we're seeing a spike in your blood sugar levels, which will increase the spike in the insulin response to try kind of control those sugars as well. And as we know that that sugar spike, sure, it feels great at the time, but that insulin spike will put you into, you know, one of those food comas that you, you know, you uh, you tend to get when you overeat or um, when there's too much sugars from your carbohydrates in your food. So the concept is, is sugars will spike your insulin and insulin has that type of cloudy, foggy mind effect on you again. So what do I mean when I say sugars? Well, actually, there's a lot of different sugars out there. Personally, I don't really like fruit sugars, fructose as well, although when you combine it with the fibers, it's actually all right. But if you look at most things, and especially if you're living in the US, high fructose corn syrup, if anything has a whisper of any kind of manufactured sugar, cane sugar is processed as well. It can be organic or you know, it can be like a healthy sounding sugar. My advice is try and stay away from it. Most sugars are used as sweeteners, and most sweeteners as well are put in foods, and they change the flavor profile of the food. Why don't you just start trying to actually taste what the food is? Maybe you could appreciate it, and your tongue becomes a lot more sensitive to taste, which allows you to enjoy more foods. Food number three that I would recommend staying away from is going to be gluten. So what is gluten? You know, like one of my favorite things was a talk show host uh, did an interview with people just running around a park and say, are you on a gluten-free diet? And they're like, oh, absolutely. I'm on a gluten-free diet. And they said, what is gluten? And, and nobody could explain it. Well, it's quite easy. Gluten is a protein that's found in wheat. So wheat, like whipped <laughs> in wheat, you'll find gluten. So with, unfortunately, with uh, monocropping and the way that we've been farming wheat for so many years, um, it has it has had this effect where if you find someone who is sensitive to gluten in the US and you send them over to Europe, they will be less sensitive to the gluten. They'll probably be able to tolerate that gluten. But studies revealed that actually everybody has some kind of response to gluten, whether it's impeding or not impeding, that depends on the person and their sensitivities. For me, when I went on a vegan diet for nine months, I actually triggered my predisposition to celiac disease. And now I cannot tolerate any gluten whatsoever. Whereas before I used to enjoy pizzas and, you know, yeah, highly processed foods and things like that. And um, I think the worst, the worst experience I ever had was I was on an airplane traveling from London down to Johannesburg. And they served me a, um, you know, typical airplane food dinners. And I've never had an issue before. And I ate the entire thing. And I was like, oh, humming and hawing about eating the bread roll. My stomach felt fine. And at the end of my dinner, I was like, oh, you know what? Sure, let me have this bread roll. And I had the bread roll. And for three hours, I was in pain. It, it was like there was sandpaper in my stomach. For three hours, it was horrible. It was a horrific experience. And anytime I've tried to challenge that experience and be like, huh, I wonder if that was just a one-time thing, or maybe it wasn't the bread. And I just tried to eat something that had gluten in it. Same effect. Again, I've got a client and uh, she found that she ate waffles and she actually became almost nonsensical. She became a little bit wonky in the mind. Um, she found herself getting confused, very forgetful. So to say that gluten has an impact on the brain, maybe that's a bit of a stretch with regard to studies. We need to wait for the studies to be out on that kind of stuff. Could have been a nocebo, placebo kind of thing. But the one thing that we can say is that gluten does increase inflammation in people. 
And so I would suggest experimenting with this at least. All right. So what is the fourth one? So we said alcohol, we said sugar, we said gluten. So what is the fourth food in order to avoid to make sure that you are not turning destabilized? Seed oils. Yes, seed oils, sunflower oil, vegetable oils, canola oils, things like that. And uh, unfortunately, once the curtain has been drawn back on that kind of stuff, you will see it prevalent everywhere. It's used in sauces. It's used to cook everything. Every single restaurant that we ever visit, we'll call them up and say, what oils does your kitchen use? 90%, 99% of the time, seed oils are used. What are you going to do? Well, why are seed oils such a bad thing? So if you look at, number one, how they're made, the processing, the amount of processing, just do yourself a favor. Go onto YouTube and just Google how are seed oils made. And it's something stupid like a 17-step process where they're put, they're cooked on like high heat to even just extract the oil. It's basically a byproduct of having all this corn lying around and all these corn husks lying around you know, to get corn oil, for example, or other oils. But, you know, this was this was a process that heats, reheats, cools down. And actually, at one point in the process, the oil is rancid and it's thick and cloudy and it needs to be treated to make it something that's more recognizable where it doesn't stink, number one. And number two is it actually looks clear. So if they have to treat something to make it look even palatable, that's a huge indication that it's highly processed. What is the effect on seed oil on your body? That's another question. If you look at the data, the data showed that the effect is inflammation, chronic inflammation buildup over time of consuming small amounts of seed oil in your food. And it, it does create problems. Why? What does inflammation do? Well, when we're talking about the mind, it will create inflammation, which creates brain fog, that mental you know, uh, malaise, the inability to focus. So seed oils is something to think about. And if you think about it, French fries are probably one of the worst culprits when it comes to seed oils. They are literally bathed in the stuff. And the potatoes, as they're cooking, will soak up all of that oil. It's almost impossible for it. So anything that's deep fried, definitely a good step to try and avoid that. All right, that's it for me. I hope you had a good one. We'll see you in the next one. So this is part of the 10 Harmony series where we're looking at how do we stabilize the mind? Well, the first one we looked at is sleep. Check out that video um, if you want or check out the links to the to find also the podcast to that. Now, today is the second one. It's the food one. And we'll keep going through the other 10. And the first five are all physical and they're definitely ways to move from an unstable situation to a more stabilized situation. And you'll find mental clarity coming as a result of that. As we continue on, the latter five, ooh, nice thunder. The latter five are all going to be connected with the mind. And I can't wait to get into that because that is where the real gold is. All right. I'm Justin. I hope you've enjoyed your, your session today. And uh, please let me know in the comments below, what foods do you find you respond to? Or what effects have you found when you've stopped eating or introduced a food and it's had some fantastic effect on your mind? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to become aware and, you know, maybe do some research around it as well. and start a conversation. I'll see you in the next one. Take care.